Viewmasters. It's the podcast that we do. Viewmasters. Talk about movies that we view. Viewmasters. My friend Eric and me, Joe. Viewmasters. Hey, let's start the show. Hey, welcome to the Viewmasters. Episode 240. CBGB. My name is Joe. My name is Eric. Hello, Eric. Hello, Joe. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing pretty well. How are you? I'm doing okay. Good. Yeah. Anything new and exciting? Uh, still have foster cats. Yeah? I don't but... remember if I mentioned them on the, the last episode. Uh, I don't think you mentioned them, but you know, I, I, I've seen uh, your wife online, so you know, I, yeah. I was aware of them personally. My wife? Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got uh, we got a pair of foster kittens uh, on, uh, I guess, Wednesday of last week. And uh, yeah, they're, uh, they're real cute. Yeah, yeah, they are. Yeah. Are they well-behaved? For the most part, yeah, actually. They've... they've uh, They've they were pretty timid initially, but they've really opened up a lot. Um, you know, occasionally they're 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 four month old kittens, so they get sure. into everything. Right. Uh, so it took us a little bit of time to to get acclimated to having them here. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But and and you know sometimes they run around and play and are crazy. Right. But you know for the most part they just sort of hang out. Well, that's that's nice. Uh, I wonder what that's like. <laughs> It's not bad. <laughs> uh, I, I recommend it. Yeah, it, that, that sounds great. <laughs> Just a, a cat that hangs out and isn't always in your face or <laughs> literally. Or, <laughs> you know, one that just, uh, you know, likes to go take a nap somewhere sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I was dream. <laughs> I really am. <laughs> you know what? After after this year, I'll take it. <laughs> How is Chaco? Uh, right now he is. Uh, he's Chaco. All right. Yep. He he was <laughs> sleeping on my chest, uh, and now he is uh, just up to shit. <laughs> Gotcha. And, All right. Uh, and now he is uh, in my arms. Aw. Uh, we'll see how long that lasts. Okay. <laughs> well, good luck. Thank you. <laughs> uh, uh, CBGB. CBGB. Comic book guy book. <laughs> no? Uh, is, that a, is that anything? <laughs> Uh, I don't no. think so. Yeah. <laughs> Although while I was doing uh, some research on the show, uh, or, or for the show, in the Wikipedia section for you know uh, influence, uh, yeah, the, the comic book guy was listed uh, as as uh, they used CBG something uh, for him. Really? In, in like an episode, yeah. All right. <laughs> I, I know that the... Uh, no, that's not CBG, it's CGB. The first name of the uh, the cigarette smoking man on the X-Files, his, his real name is CGB Spender. Oh, okay. So I always call him comic book guy Spender. <laughs> Even though that's not what his initials are. No, and if honestly, if it wasn't that close to comic book guy, I probably would not remember that piece of information about that character. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm, I'm not as big uh, an X Files uh, aficionado as you are, so yeah, I had and, no I'm, idea and I'm not even that, I'm not even that big a, an aficionado. It's just <laughs> one of the random things that stuck with me. The only thing that really ever held for me was that uh, Walter really likes porn. He does. <laughs> in that in that respect, he's very relatable. Yeah, he is. <laughs> uh, so th this movie is uh, 
about the uh, the the famous club. Yes. By the same name. Yes. Country bluegrass and blues. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what it's most famous for. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> I know when I think of CBGB, I think of Conway Twitty. <laughs> hey, maybe someday. Maybe. <laughs> uh, but it's also sort of a, uh, sort of a, I guess it's not really a biopic, I guess. It's just about, about a, a, a brief period of time in the life of uh, uh, Hilly Crystal, not Billy Crystal. <laughs> Hilly Crystal. <laughs> The Billy. founder, yes, yes. the founder of CBGB. Yep. Uh, I, I mean, yeah, sort of. I mean, eh, we can call it a biopic, I guess. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Which uh, you know is a, a better description than uh, what the IMDb description is, uh, which calls it a crime movie. What? <laughs> I wish it was a crime movie. Me too. Oh my god. I mean, there are various crimes performed in the movie. Right. Uh, but I would definitely not call it a crime movie. No, man, not even a little bit. Yeah, like that to me implies there's like some sort of heist angle. Yeah. Or a con of some sort, but eh, there's really not. Yeah, or or like... Okay, so what if what if he had to rob a bank in order to to start his club? Right. Yeah. There you go. I probably would have loved that movie uh, more than the one we watched. <laughs> right. Yeah. I was gonna say how much how much more interesting would it have been if it had actually been a crime movie? <laughs> so much more interesting. <laughs> uh, so are you a? Uh, do, do you like the punk rock? I uh, dabble in the punk rock. I think <laughs> um, I like I like stuff that I I haven't really gotten into much of of I guess what you would consider punk rock, like the Ramones or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a I have a Sex Pistols record, All right. uh, which is not a record. It's on my computer uh, and. I think we all knew what you meant. Okay. <laughs> and um I guess that's sort of it, like newer newer punkish stuff, I guess. I like like the killers and Ew. um if that's if that's punk, I don't even know. I, I, I guess I, I don't know either. Part part of it is is yeah, I really don't know what like aside from the iconic punk stuff i don't know what qualifies as punk like there was stuff in in the movie that seems like is you know oh yeah this is punk that i was like that's punk really okay yeah uh yeah some of the stuff like uh some of the songs they play by like television yeah like i can kind of see you know okay this is like the start of punk yeah uh or you know like like, I definitely have never considered Blondie as punk. Absolutely not. Uh, you know, underground, sure, but, you know, they, they were definitely more pop to me. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, you know, I, I would say that, you know, I, I would consider myself to be a, a fan of punk. All right. Uh, I, you know a lot of what I listened to in high school was, was definitely punk. Uh, you know, in my, you know, early to mid twenties, you know, I, I went to uh, quite a few you know local punk shows here and there. Uh, you know, and, and I am proud to say that, you know, I have seen both uh, the Ramones and the Misfits live. Nice. Uh, although the Misfits were in, uh, uh not such great shape. Okay. <laughs> what does that mean? Uh, it was like one original member of the Misfits. Uh, okay. And then uh, a 
bunch of uh, other guys from other bands. Interesting. Okay. Uh, uh, there was a uh, a replacement Ramon in there. Uh, and there was uh, uh, two guys from Black Flag. Who, you know, I mean, they're all punk bands, but yeah. also this was, you know, early 2000s, so, you know, quite past their prime. Yeah. Like, uh, at what point, when you start replacing members in a band, is it just not the same band anymore? Right. <laughs> and and it should have a new name. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, the, the Shins a few years ago, um, they, like... James Mercer is the main main creative force behind that band and mm-hmm. I guess like the entire roster of the band other than him turned over. Right. But they're still called the Shins and I guess it still sounds like the Shins. So like maybe it does it like if if the person who was sort of driving it initially is still there then it then it's okay to continue to use the same name. But I feel like there does have to come a point where it's like, okay, this is just a different band. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure, like, like I cannot think of any examples at the moment, but I am 100% sure there has to be a band from, like, the 70s or 80s that has no original members in it, right? Right! Like, like maybe, like you know, like there's a guy who was there, like in the second incarnation of the band, right? But like you know, he was not a founding member of that band. Yeah, it's like the legacy band, right? Like, like it's at like, what point do you just consider that to be a cover band? Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's like Barry Allen versus Jay Garrick at yeah. that point. <laughs> Way to nerd it up. That's right. That's what I do. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, the, the, the ultimate point I was trying to make was that, you know, I, I do uh, like punk a lot. Uh, it is, you know, other than metal, the primary music that I do listen to. Uh, and so, but, you know, I would definitely say that I, I am no expert on it. Uh, there are people who are far more knowledgeable than I. Sure. Uh, and there are people who probably know way more about CBGB than I do, uh, which is to say that I knew almost nothing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I know enough to know that this movie was kind of bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I I don't know anything about CBGB specifically, other than it was a thing that existed. Right. Um, this this movie to me seemed like here's a bunch of anecdotes about things that maybe happened at CBGB <laughs> made into a movie. <laughs> like <laughs> like otherwise, it's probably pretty boring. It's just about a guy who's bad with his money. Yeah. <laughs> I would say that you could probably even make that movie more interesting than what this one turned out to be. Yeah. Um I do think that there are some really good parts in this movie. Uh I would say there's a lot of good parts in this movie. Yeah, but it is all strung together uh, makes no sense. Right. <laughs> and does not work as a story. Uh, and, and is just... It just feels cobbled together. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I, I think if we, if we got a little bit more about Hilly before the before cbgb opens uh-huh. like like we we know that this is his third attempt at starting a club but we don't i feel like we don't even really get any sort of motivation for why this is his dream to do right like it's just okay this is just what he does apparently yeah and and when uh you know his initial attention intention for this club you know, as we said, is bringing you to play country and blues, uh, which, you know, 
I don't know if that ever, you know, if, like, when he first started, like, you know, any country act ever actually played there or not. Yeah. Uh, but almost immediately, it's just like, here's this, you know, underground rock band that's not very good. And he's just like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, if maybe we got to see, you know, why he's so passionate about it. Uh, or, or just music in general. Because yeah. I think that's what's trying to come across. But it never fully, you know... Uh, like, like, even in subtext, it's not even there. Right, yeah. Um, like, like, the only... Only moment that I think really gives us a hint of that is, like, towards the end... Uh, when he uh, travels back to New Jersey. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, just because he's about to just give up everything. And he's just hanging out on a farm. And there's a scene of him playing a song and a guitar. Yeah. Uh, but that is the closest that we get to, like, any sort of, like, this guy actually likes music kind of <laughs> moments. <laughs> I mean... W- does he like what does he like <laughs> he likes he likes opening opening clubs and blowing spending money irresponsibly not paying his bills i mean like the, you know, this he's... this movie was so frustrating <laughs> i mean when you when you describe him like that i uh, mean <laughs> It feels very relatable to me. Because <laughs> I enjoy not paying my bills and being irresponsible. Alright, that's fair. <laughs> I mean, who, who doesn't enjoy that to a certain degree? <laughs> right. And, uh, you know, and someday, you know, some goons are going to come knocking at my door, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the only difference is that I'm not friendly to people, and so I won't have, you know, bikers to back me up and help me. <laughs> I feel like even even Hilly's irresponsibility with money, like we don't we don't get any sort of an explanation for it right. until until close to the end. Like he uh, says something about like when he's at the bank, he says, you know, why why save for your for your dream when you could just live your dream? Right. Like if we had gotten something like that earlier on in the movie but also some sort of explanation of what his dream actually is. Sure. Motivation. Then, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I think that would have helped a lot. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, and also just, uh, we're told over and over again that he's just, you know, irresponsible, but it's never really shown. Yeah. Like, or, or, you know, why he is choosing to be irresponsible or, you know, because even, you know, as a uh, unsuccessful adult, like I can, you know, manage to, to throw logic in occasionally. Yeah. Uh, when, when I'm not paying my bills. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, there's just there's just no logic to what he does, right? Uh, and, and there's just also no story here. Yeah, uh, and and it's not helped by the style choices of the movie either. Mm-hmm. Like, why are we seeing comic book panels? And, that was that was very confusing to me. Like, am I watching Ang Lee's Hulk again? <laughs> That's what I thought of as well, actually. <laughs> yeah, and I think like because there there is there is some focus in the movie as well on the founders of Punk Magazine, mm-hmm. but even that, I like like I guess I'm sure that's probably what they were going for with the the panel borders and all that stuff, right? But like I don't know anything about Punk Magazine. And like we we don't it doesn't feel like the movie presents enough information about 
you know, what the magazine is or how, like, presumably it was pretty influential. I guess, yeah. But, but, but like, I, I'm guessing that. I don't know that from the movie. I mean, <laughs> so, like, the movie what goes, are we doing here? <laughs> the movie goes out of its way, especially at the beginning, to set them up as, like, this big important thing. Yeah. I mean, like, literally, the beginning of the movie is about how punk itself originated with, you know, the guys who made this magazine. Yeah. And then they become not even secondary characters in the movie. Yeah. (laughs) We see precious very little of them. And, you know, just get a sense that, like, they sort of started their magazine sort of at the rise of CBGB. Yeah, basically. <laughs> like, simultaneously. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. I, I did, uh, <laughs> this, uh, this movie was so frustrating. Yeah. Uh, just characters, you know, that come in and out or that have no real impact on the story whatsoever Mm -hmm. uh and then you know then the you know the bands show up and you know do some stuff yeah basically yeah it's like hey everybody talking heads yeah and they don't show up again in the movie nope until during the credits yeah (laughs) um or, oh man, the talking head scene. Uh, like, you know, like just before like they're about to come on and play for a crowd of like three. Right. Uh, you know, Hilly steps out and gets the local cop to come in and watch them. Yeah. What's the point of that? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Do, wait, do scenes have to have points? Uh, Maybe in a real movie, I'd think. <laughs> At least one that's trying to tell a story. I uh, guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and yeah, and like and that cop is another aspect to this movie where it's like, here's this character that gets set up, you know, fairly early on. Maybe at some point he's going to have some sort of impact on the actual story, uh, but no, 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 he's just there. Yeah, he's just, yeah. he's the, he's your local friendly, friendly beat cop. Yep. You know, is is he, you know, I don't know, gonna work with the talking heads, you know, because he liked them so much because he got forced to watch them? Uh, <laughs> or is he just gonna continue to be the cop that works on that street? The, uh, the latter, it seems. Yep. <laughs> and that cop turned out to be David Byrne. <laughs> Uh, David Byrne might be a cop on that sure. I, <laughs> I was actually excited to see Talking Heads because of the uh, the Are You Talking Talking Heads to My Talking Head podcast. <laughs> like, I feel like I could really get into the Talking Heads having listened to that podcast. Alright. <laughs> uh, the only thing I know about the Talking Heads uh, like, I, I like like four, maybe five of their songs total. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, and like I fell down like a big Wikipedia hole today, uh, just, you know, researching this movie and the real CBGB and some of the bands associated and, uh, and the, the Talking Heads article that I read. I said there was a point where David Byrne forced tina weymouth to audition several times for her own job in the band yeah they talked about that on the show <laughs> and uh and then like a, a a later day reaction you know from her where she essentially just calls david Byrne out as being a sociopath yeah <laughs> and i was like well clearly yeah it sure sounds like it <laughs> yeah um yeah that's that's the only thing i know and you know big suits and he's now into like weird world music stuff right (laughs) i mean if you're gonna know one thing about talking heads i feel like that's a pretty good thing to know yeah (laughs) (laughs) i feel pretty informed 
<laughs> yeah, you're you're doing all right. Uh, but yeah, I feel like the movie is just is just full of of scenes like that. Right. Like 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 you said exactly like neat 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 parts that that don't really add up to to much of anything. Like yeah. even even uh, Hilly's sort of existential crisis that he has towards the end like it comes on very suddenly mm-hmm. and then like I, I don't even i didn't even really get that he was having an existential crisis till <laughs> till probably till he was at the house right and and the people came out to to talk to him and he was like oh yeah i used to live here i was like oh okay so this is what he's doing right now okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then the the ending the the ending is just is it's the ending of it's a wonderful life where the community comes together <laughs> to get like hilly hilly crystal is george bailey <laughs> and the community comes together to raise money like to to give to him because he was so kind to them and and gave them gave so much of himself to them even even when he didn't have the money to do it himself right like it it's it's almost comical yeah it really how, is how capra-esque the ending of the movie is i think you know a thing that doesn't help uh is that there's no sense of time there's really not uh i mean i think the movie the main part of the movie starts out in like 1972 when he buys the bar initially. Okay. Um, and it really, everything makes it seem like it is just happening over the span of months. Uh, but you know, like the Ramones didn't like play there until 1975. Uh, you know, just, just, you know, and, and obviously, you know, it's a, you know, hour and 40 minute movie, you know, we can't demand every detail from, you know, a 10 year period of history. Yeah. But, you know, not having any real transition of time just makes everything seem like it's happening on like a whiplash pace. And, and we don't really see any effective rise and fall yeah it's just yeah and and there's barely even a fall (laughs) (laughs) like i'm i'm yeah the club becomes hugely popular he's clearly making money uh and uh you know and then but then we're told that you know he's just uh fuck up and he's bad at money yeah uh, and then, hey, let's take a detour with the, the dead boys for a second. Yeah, and he's making money, and we have no idea what he does with it, other than he put some of it in his freezer. Right. <laughs> like, where where is the money that he's making going? Right, yeah. Question mark? Toilet paper, apparently, is where is where it's going. That That is legitimately one of the reasons that they give in the movie. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, and uh, uh, you know, just his the subplot with his daughter. Just I think that plays out three or four times within the movie. Yeah, like you know, she comes and she's angry. He hires her. She's angry. She leaves. She comes back. They forgive each other. She's angry. She leaves again. Basically, <laughs> yeah. Oh. Uh, I'm I'm gonna say something controversial. Ooh. Uh, maybe it would have helped if this movie was longer. <laughs> like it, it would have given them a little bit more time to to actually flesh things out and you know set some things up and play pay them off. Maybe the things that they could have added were uh, a plot to the movie. Yeah. Uh. You know. Uh. You're not wrong. (laughs) But also I feel like this movie was just so focused on just having these 
vignettes from you know people who eventually became famous yeah and you know actors getting to you know play caricatures of them right (laughs) uh all of which you know none of them really ever convinced me that you know they were these members of these bands yeah uh yeah none of them (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> not even not even uh beaver from veronica mars as lou reed oh god <laughs> <laughs> it did take me a second to figure out who he was it did it took me as well uh i mean i i knew he was in in the movie i just didn't know who he was playing exactly and when he showed up i honestly thought he was eminem at first <laughs> I can actually see that. Uh, um, yeah, that was... Oh, what a terrible scene that was. <laughs> and uh, again, just like... Like, here's here's the thing that happened for Punk Magazine. Right. And All right. may or may not have actually happened in real life. Oh, nice. All right. Yeah, I'm guessing probably not. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Like, uh, well, Iggy Pop shows up in the movie. He never played at... Uh, CBGB. Nice. Ever. (laughs) Um, And all that, you know, so all that is fabricated for sure. Okay. Um, Or uh, Patti Smith shows up at one point and and sings like one of her biggest hits that wasn't written at the time that any of this takes place. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I thought the the song that, that Talking Heads play... I didn't think came out until till much later. Uh, it came out on their first album, which was in oh, 1977. Was it on the first album? Okay, uh, but it they had actually written it uh, pretty early on in their uh, career as a band. So okay, it's possible right. they could have played it. Uh, but that's the other thing. Like, I I will say this: it's got a really good soundtrack. It really does. Um, but. It's also super distracting when, you know, you're watching a bunch of actors lip sync to the album versions of those songs. Right. <laughs> like, like, there's not even an attempt to make it seem like, you know, anybody would actually be playing the actual music. Yeah. You know, from raw and, you know, uh, uh, you know undeveloped talent right yeah i i thought maybe the only part that was actually the actors doing it was when iggy pop crashes the blondie show uh-huh. and they do like a duet yeah uh, but I, I don't know yeah uh for me the only part that uh seemed like the actors were doing anything were the uh uh, the Ramones, when they audition and they, they start by playing two different songs at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> Probably to cover up the fact that there's no actual Ramones music in this movie. Seriously? Seriously. Wow. Uh, when they play the song at like their, their actual show in CBGB, uh, it is a Joey Ramones solo song that came out in like the late 90s. Okay. <laughs> All right, so they couldn't get the rights to actual Ramones. Uh, the widow of Johnny Ramone and, I believe, uh, like the brother of Joey Ramone, uh, both agreed that uh, they would not allow the music to be in this movie. Interesting. They called the movie bullshit. Okay. <laughs> All right, well, good call. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, can can we talk about uh, what what Alan Rickman is doing in this movie? Uh, what is Alan Rickman doing in this movie? <laughs> I really don't know. Because <laughs> uh, there are he, times he's... when his accent just comes through. Yeah, like the whole time. <laughs> all I hear, all I hear, is Alan Rickman. Like I don't hear any like. Like it's, I guess it's a slightly subdued Alan Rickman voice that he's doing. I, I feel like there, 
is a moderate attempt at him just not having a British accent. Not necessarily doing an American accent. Yeah. But just not having a British accent. <laughs> <laughs> and it failing a bit. Yeah. A bit? <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's very kind. And I feel like it's almost as if in order for him to be able to do that, like, he just plays the character as monotone and as unemotional as possible. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, and, and, I mean, who knows what the actual, I don't know what the actual Hilly Crystal was like, but, uh, it, I don't know, it's a weird choice in this movie. Yeah, yeah, I think that that's probably part of why, like, like, yeah, the script and the story doesn't really give you anything to connect to with Hilly, but then the actor is not giving you anything at all either. Right. So, like, there's literally... He's basically just a void. <laughs> that character is just a void in this movie. Is he a Dave Sim woman? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, no, he's the, he's the evil alter ego of the century. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, if we're going to talk about dubious accents, though... Yes. Uh, can we talk about Donald Logue? I was going to say, we have to. <laughs> like, his first scene, when he walks in, and he's doing a shitty British accent. Mm -hmm. And I think Hilly even says, knock it off with the accents. Yeah. I was like, okay, cool. So he's not really British. He's just doing a shitty, shitty British accent because, like, that's a character thing. Right. But no, apparently that's his, I guess, his real accent? Maybe. I don't know. Uh, I, I believe the actual guy was was born in England. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> because <laughs> he, he does do it through the whole movie and it's terrible through the whole it movie too it is baffling <laughs> uh so gosh yeah i don't know <laughs> uh it, it was it was baffling and annoying yeah uh and and i like donald Logue. yeah no i do too i enjoy seeing him in things yeah yeah and I thought he was fine here, aside from the baffling accent choice. I mean, it was too distracting. Yeah. Well, like, like I, I think I actively hated Donald Logan in this movie. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yep. Uh, so the thing that there was one thing that really really sort of galled me okay. at the end of the very end of the movie uh when it's going through and doing its uh animal house style where <laughs> did they go from here right it does it for like every major character even you know the minor minor magazine characters except for mary heron <laughs> who actually did go on to do interesting things. Sure. <laughs> why, uh, why Why? not, movie? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I, I will say, you know, when, when her character pops up in the movie, like, I recognize the name, uh, but it wasn't until after the movie was over that I realized, oh, you know, she wrote and directed American Psycho, yeah. a movie that I love. <laughs> Uh, I, I had hoped that during the talking head scene when they're playing Psycho Killer <laughs> that it would cut to her and she'd like, oh, all right. And then she makes a little note in her notebook. <laughs> I am interested in this topic and we'll return to it someday. <laughs> Alas, it did not do that. No, no, it did not. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean... The movie doesn't have a great, you know, uh, 
point of view for women characters. Yeah. Uh, and there are absolutely no black people in this movie. Whoa, yeah. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> uh, I mean... Well, uh, wait, there's those, there's those guys that, uh, that that dead boy get into a fight with. It's true. Were they people of color? Yeah, they were. They were cool. indeed people of color who go. stabbed the shit out of the drummer of the dead boys. There we go. All right, so we're good. Yep, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Idaho, I believe, was played by a Hispanic actor, so... Okay. You know, that's that's something, right? Oh, yeah, Freddy Rodriguez. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, I mean, there were, there were up-and-coming punk bands that, you know, had black members or were all black, like the Bad Brains, uh, who played at CBGB. Why not, you know, show them once, at least? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I, I almost would have been a little more interested, because, like, at, at the end, it gives, like, a tally of the number of bands that played there. Right. And, you know, we see a handful of them because they're the ones that became super successful. Right. But I almost would have been more interested to see, like, maybe if it had shown a period of time where, like, bands that didn't become super successful were playing there. Sure. Uh, I mean, like, I know, yeah, obviously, you know, Blondie and the Ramones are going to be, like, the two big ones that are focused on. Yeah. Uh, and, and I understand, you know, from what little story that there is, you know, why we focus on the Dead Boys a lot, because obviously Hilly, you know, goes on to be their manager. Right. Uh, so, so they are integral to his story. Uh, but yeah, I mean, so many bands played there, you know, you know, let's, yeah, let's see at least at least see some of them, right? Yeah. I think, you know, I realize, I think what I'm asking for is inside Lewin Davis, (laughs) but for CBGB. (laughs) Like, show me the band that opened for the Ramones. Right. Which was the Talking Heads. No shit! Yeah, Talking Heads. They made their debut opening for the Ramones at CBGB. That's that's awesome. Yeah. Alright, well, shit. (laughs) (laughs) I fucked up. It's alright. I think, for me, the biggest failing of this movie is that it made me want to watch a documentary about CBGB. That is exactly what I thought as well. Yeah, like, Like, as a documentary, I think it would have been so interesting. Like, exactly. I I am so interested and so invested in the subject and the topic, and, and, you know, it, it. the music you know what little music i like anymore you know it still holds a place in my heart that you know this movie just didn't deliver on any of those aspects yeah uh and yeah it just made me want to watch a much better movie which is probably just a documentary right (laughs) which i'm sure there are some out there yeah you're probably right i might actually go look for one when we're done here or even at the least, just like a concert movie that happened to be filmed there or something. You know? Oh, yeah, that'd be so cool. Yeah. Like, was CBGB really as much of a piece of shit dump as it looked? <laughs> uh, I think it was, actually. <laughs> uh, I believe the, the toilets were legendarily horrible. That's awful. Yeah, yeah, it is. And uh, <laughs> just just the one or two times we get to see the bathroom... Uh, a toilet with no stall. No thank you, sir. Yeah, that's not not <laughs> ideal. But I guess that's punk. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I. Uh, so, you know, a couple years ago, there was a girl that uh, just wrecked my heart. Right. Uh, uh, and so, uh, I think like the day or so afterwards, uh, my friend Jason, uh, who you're familiar with. I have, I have heard of his work. Uh, he and I went out to, uh, you know, just, he was just hanging out with me to, to you know, keep me company. And we went to this, uh, bar, uh, Sure Shots. Okay. Uh, you probably know of it. Yeah, I, I recognize the name. I can sort of picture the building, yeah, but I'm not yeah. sure exactly where it is. Uh, it's, uh, you know, a 
to the two people who give a fuck. Uh, <laughs> it's on uh, Dorothy Lane and uh, near County Line Road. Okay. Uh, like County Corner from the Green. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, so we went there and we were just you know, uh, shooting pool and having a couple of drinks. And I really had to go to the bathroom. And I uh, went into their restroom and uh, they had one of those toilets. <laughs> With no just stall? No stall, no door, nothing. Yikes. Yeah, it was it was a bad time. Could you, could you at least lock the door to the bathroom? Nope. Oh, shit. It, it wasn't a door. It was a flap. Oh, <laughs> That's awful. I do yep. not understand the logic of that. <laughs> Probably because there is no logic behind that. Yeah, not really. Uh, I had a, a friend who had... Uh, uh, he had some medical issues and uh, had uh, his colon removed at some point. Oh, wow. Uh, but uh, he used to like to, to go out to drink. And uh, there was a bar that he frequented that uh, he was... Uh, he had made a deal with the management that he would be allowed to use the women's restroom because the women's restroom was the only one that had a lock on the door. Oh, wow. Jeez. Basically, what I'm saying is bars. Get your shit together. Yeah. <laughs> Stall doors. Doors that lock. <laughs> For I feel fuck's like that's sake. bare minimum. Right? <laughs> you know reason 384 why I don't go to bars anymore. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, CBGB. Yeah. Um, Yeah, like like I said, it just really made me want to watch a documentary and uh, get the soundtrack. That's that's pretty much it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it made me want to listen to Listen to good music. Yeah. Um, I mean, we do. I guess we get to see Rupert Grint's ass. So that's something, right? That is that is something, yeah. <laughs> for for all you uh, Ron Weasley fanatics out there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, this movie <laughs> has a lot of people in it. It really does, yeah. Uh, you know, Alan Rickman, Donald Logue, uh, Malin Ackerman. Uh, who played uh, Silk Spectre in the Watchmen movie. Yes. Uh, she plays Debbie Harry. Uh, Joel David Moore, who's an actor I really, really like. Uh, he played Joey Ramone. Okay. In, like the two scenes that he's in. <laughs> uh, Estelle Harris. Yeah, she was great. She was great. She's just a delight. <laughs> uh, the scene where she's eating the chili just made me laugh out loud. Yeah. That was probably the best part of the movie. Yeah. Um, Bradley yeah. Whitford? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very small, inconsequential role. Very, very small role. Yeah, uh, just, you know, another one of those, uh, hey, this is going somewhere. Mm, nope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because he, like he was like a label guy, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then nothing. Nope, not at all. Just, just another guy that... Uh, that Hilly Crystal gave free drinks to. Yep. <laughs> and uh, was this movie sponsored by Fresca? <laughs> it very well may have been. Or or is just this a uh, weird subplot to The Boys Season 2? Uh, I have not seen The Boys, so I could uh, not speak to that. Okay, well, uh, if you ever get around to it, uh, Season 2 has a weird Fresca subplot. Interesting, okay. <laughs> Maybe they're set in the same universe. Ooh, possibly. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, Garth Ennis' involvement would explain uh, all the shots of dog shit. That's true. There is, man, there are so many shots of dog shit. Uh-huh. It's, it's, it's real. And the, oh man, there's a part where a guy steps barefoot in it and yep. it made me just wince so hard. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that wasn't great. Um, adventures in subtitling. Uh, the scene where the uh, sound engineer is like about to walk out, but then caves and uh, you know just goes to sit back down at the uh, the soundboard again. Yeah. Uh, and like just uh, you know he he's about to quit because he's tired of stepping in dog shit. Right. Uh, so he goes to sit back down and then uh, just just deliberately puts his foot in the dog shit. 
with the subtitle Poo Squelches. <laughs> oh, gross. <laughs> and I feel like that is just a good summary of this movie. Yeah, that's that's really apt. <laughs> That's my favorite brand of grape juice. <laughs> Squelches. Mmm. <laughs> oh, gross. <laughs> uh, well, I'm sorry I picked another stinker. No, that's all right. Yeah. I, I know when you when you picked it, you said you hadn't heard great things about it, but you still wanted to see it. So my yeah. expectations were relatively low going in. Well, that's good. Um, I I enjoyed some of the performances. I enjoyed some of the parts. I definitely enjoyed the music. Uh, but it's not a good movie. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, pretty much feel exactly the same. <laughs> uh, what, what are you enjoying this week? Oh, boy, not much. <laughs> I was, I was uh, pretty deathly sick for, for a couple days here. Oh no! Uh, and and uh, hadn't gotten much sleep, but uh, you know I'm better now. But uh, that that is pretty much uh, just been the driving thing in my week, and uh, not much else has uh, you know been able to to alleviate that. I'm sorry, that's terrible. That's all right. Um, at least it sounds like you're feeling better, so that's good. Yeah, uh, let me try to pull something out of my ass here. Um, it's okay uh, there, there, I, there have been times where I've just been like nope nothing yeah uh, you know what I, I I tried the uh, curbside pickup uh, at Walmart today to buy groceries and uh, that worked out pretty okay nice <laughs> that's it that's awesome it's you know what the little things yep <laughs> I've, I've been doing that at our grocery uh, for a few months now and uh, I have always loathed going grocery shopping, so it has been actually really nice. Yeah, um, yeah, I hate it too. But even even before uh, I, you know, I mean, the pandemic has just really reinforced that. Uh, you know, even before all this, I didn't want to be near people. Uh, I, I still think that six feet apart is way too close. Uh, I feel it's like it's a every... lot closer than you think. It is, yeah. Uh, like, like I cost, like I'm six foot two, six foot three. So I constantly think about, like, you know, well, if I'm laying down in between the space of, of me and the next person, you know, is that enough? Yeah, and it's no, it's not. Invariably, it is not. Yeah. Um. Uh, so yeah, so, so the fact that a lot of places are now allowing you to, to order online and just, you know, wait in your car and have it delivered to it so, or anything like that, uh, is just, uh, it suits me. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I'm going back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, like the thing that came out today about the movies, uh, how like Warner Brothers is just going to put all their movies out on uh, HBO Max today? Yeah, you know, or this year. Um, and I see a lot of people complaining about, oh, but but theaters, the movie theater going experience has been fucking terrible for at least twenty years. <laughs> I welcome this change. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would like to go back to a movie theater at some point, but it's going to be a long time. I mean, I would for too. Sure. Uh, I mean, before this started, like, you know, I was seeing movies at least once a week. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I'm also totally fine not ever going back. Yeah. Uh, because other people. <laughs> Period. Yep. <laughs> Uh, what about you? What's what's uh, what's brought you joy other than uh, little kittens? Well, that, that's probably pretty much it. Okay, <laughs> totally fair. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's just been it's been kind of nice. <laughs> <laughs> and and I there, there's one of them who is a little bit more cuddly than the other, so mm. sometimes he'll come over and just curl up in my lap. Oh, or or I'll just pick him up and hold him for a little while, and that's been that's been really nice. Yeah, you know I, I bitch a lot about Chaco, 
but I mean, you do. He. he <laughs> it's frankly, I've been, I've been meaning to talk to you about it. I'm I'm kind of sick of it. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I guess I'll stop. I'm just kidding. Uh, I, I I mean I do I do complain about him quite a bit, but uh, it's not like he's just being a mean asshole. Yeah. He is just too affectionate for his own good. Yeah. <laughs> like he just he follows me everywhere. Uh, he just wants to be near me all of the time, and if I'm not paying attention to him, it upsets him. That's so cute. It, it is adorable. <laughs> Uh, I, you know, I tried to let him sleep with me last night, but, uh, he immediately just crawled on my neck. Oh, yikes. And I could not breathe. <laughs> because he is just, at times, aggressively affectionate. Now, I've heard step on my neck, but not crawl on my neck. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he didn't crawl. I mean, he just, like... He crawled on my chest and then just curled up into a ball and like shoved his back like in the, t- the meat of my neck. <laughs> uh, sometimes he will just get on my chest and he'll do like the needy thing that gets yeah. it. Uh, but, you know, he's got claws and he usually does it like on my neck, which Yikes. is not great. Yeah, that, that hurts. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I mean, he's he's lovable as fuck, but... God, he needs to leave me alone every once in a while. <laughs> uh, alternately, uh, invest in turtlenecks. <laughs> I can't afford to buy new clothes. <laughs> well, you know, Christmas is coming up. Maybe, maybe Santa will, will bring you a new turtleneck. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> uh, so I should probably pick a movie for next week, huh? Probably. All right. I mean, unless you just want to quit. No, I think I'll pick a movie. All right. <laughs> Don't say I didn't give you an out. I appreciate it. I'll, I'll keep that in my back pocket. Uh, so I'm going to pick uh, a brand new movie. What? It's it's not even out as of this recording. What? Uh, it will be out on Friday. Okay. Uh, it is, uh, the new David Fincher movie, Mank. Uh, ah, okay. Uh, which you may have, may have guessed that I was going to pick this at some point. I did not, honestly. All right, I'm, I, I really like David Fincher, so. I know you do. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, but yeah, that, that comes out on Netflix, uh, tomorrow. Uh, so you just, uh, you really love, uh, just tales of old Hollywood, don't you? I, you know what? I do. <laughs> I actually do, it turns out. Because, yeah, this is another uh, another screenwriter biopic. It's been, I don't know, a couple months since Trumbo, so here we sure. are. But only a couple weeks since uh, Sunset Boulevard, which was a fictional version. But... It's true. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, this is, uh, it's, uh, about, uh, Herman Mankiewicz and the writing of Citizen Kane. Okay. And, uh, he's, uh, Gary Oldman, right? Yes. Yeah. I like a Gary Oldman. Yeah. I am famously not a huge fan of David Fincher. I know. But, uh, you know, I'll give it a shot. Excellent. Yeah. Maybe I'll warm up by watching Alien 3. There you go. His best movie. <laughs> I was actually uh, considering rewatching Citizen Kane before I watched this movie. So yeah, I, I have never seen Citizen Kane still. Ooh, so yeah, interesting. Yeah. So yeah, this will be interesting. Awesome. Uh, that you know what that does remind me uh, the Orson Welles of a thing that has brought me a little bit of joy this past week. Oh yeah, the return of Animaniacs. <laughs> yeah. Pinky and the Brain. <laughs> yeah. I have I have not watched the new show yet, mm. uh, but I have read quite a few reviews that that uh, are fairly glowing of it. So it is it is you know it's not a perfect uh, you know return, but it is yeah. very enjoyable and very delightful. That's awesome. Uh, and and yeah, yeah, it's just it's just a lot of fun, and I'm glad that it's back. Nice. I've actually, I've had the theme song stuck in my head 
for much of this week because earlier this week I interviewed uh, Art Baltazar and Franco. Oh, nice about about their new book Archimaniacs. <laughs> so I've, I've been singing singing that to myself for the past couple days. Well, that's great, and I'm jealous because I have had Kenny Rogers the Gambler stuck in my head for a solid week. <laughs> And I just want someone to fucking kill me. <laughs> do you not know when to fold them? That sounds I like do. what you need to do here. <laughs> That's the problem, is I do know when. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Alright, good night, uh, everybody. Yep, alright, well, I think that does it for another episode of The Viewmasters. Next week, Mike. <laughs> yes, see you then. Bye. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to The Viewmasters. You can subscribe to the show directly at view.guttertrash.net or at iTunes and leave us a review. Visit view.guttertrash.net for email information and links to Facebook and Twitter. We'll see you next time on The Viewmasters. Viewmasters.